This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast, coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh, and I'm here today with my co-host, Pastor Brandon Starnes, and we want to welcome you here today. Today, we are putting out our first official episode, and we really want to speak to the question today, what is there and why should we rejoice in the world that we live in today? So could you speak to that this morning? Sure. You know, there are so many reasons, so many things that on go in one's life today. For instance, I have an article in front of me from the Texas Tech University. It's a study. They uh, interviewed some 1,100 American adults asking about uh, the results of a 24-hour news cycle and how that impacted their life. The result found that uh, almost 70% of the participants showed signs of severely problematic issues when they engaged in consistent I don't know if you want to call it addiction or not, but consistent involvement in these 24-hour news cycles. And as they looked at them, 73% of them, almost three-quarters of them, said that they had severe levels of problematic news uh, consumption that resulted in them being quite ill or very much ill in compared to folks that did not engage. I guess really what we could say is a reason that you don't have joy or someone doesn't have joy is maybe they're watching too much news. No. Oh. But I'm certain that's not really the only thing, though that surely is uh, something worth taking consideration. Sure. What would be some some other things in our lives, perhaps, that can steal our joy, maybe even in a a spiritual sense as well? You know, when you look into the scriptures, there's a number of times, as you'll be hearing with each of our closings, our verse for the day, a number of times that joy is invoked. For instance, in the Gospel of James, or the Epistle of James, in James chapter 1, let me read you this passage said, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So we're speaking to difficulties here. Oh, trials, yes. Now, this, this idea of temptation is a solicitation to do evil, but rather the difficulties that come as part of the human experience of life. Troubles in life can cause us to lose our joy. Not so much because our joy has run away from us, But rather, just like with a 24-hour news cycle, they capture our mind and attention, and all of a sudden, we can get ourselves in a troubled spot in life, and rather than looking to the God that has loved us and saved us, we're struggling. We've lost our joy. We've no longer counted this opportunity up to joy, but we rather now have, in some manner of speech, lost our joy. Right, absolutely. The same is true, you know, even in First Peter. First Peter, the theme of the epistle is suffering. And let me read you a passage here out of First Peter. He writes into this very idea of sufferings and trials of your faith. He says in verse 6 of chapter 1, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are a heavenist through manifold temptation, that the trying of your faith, being much more precious then gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found to the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Just a verse or two before, he speaks of joy when he says, wherein you greatly rejoiced. Even there's times of tribulation or trials or, yea, even in Peter's essence, suffering. Okay. Right. We have a choice to make. Absolutely. Are we going to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ? Or rather, are we going to allow the circumstances of life to rob us of a divine gift. So where does that come from? Because we just talked about the news and studies show that that's not going to cause you joy. Um, and then we just looked <laughs> into the scriptures and we found about trials, temptations, difficulties in our lives, and suffering. So 
where is this joy to be found? That's a good question. You could start really by asking the question, what joy isn't, right? Right. A lot of times we think joy is something I derive out of the pursuits of life. Maybe you are a leather worker and you say, boy, I am most joyful in life when I'm working with leather. Doing your hobby. Whatever that hobby might be. Probably because it's distracting you from the difficulties, the trials, the sufferings in your life. That's equating a little bit then that joy is whatever your pursuits are. So then when you're not at those pursuits, you're not joyful. Right. You could look at some would say, well, joy would be possessions. Your new boat, your new car, your new house, your new whatever. Some would say that joy would be whatever happens in life. Good things, I mean. Sure. Um, You know, with little children, you'll say at birthdays, boy, that's a happy time. Therefore, they're only going to be happy then when birthdays come. Right, unfortunately. But when spelling tests come, then we're not joyful. We're not happy anymore. Right, because unfortunately, it's not every day that's a birthday. No. And I think it leads into what I mentioned just a moment ago, that that joy at its basis is a divine gift. Listen, listen to these verses. We quote them so often, but I think we jump over a little bit here. He says in chapter 5 of Galatians, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit is love, and we make much of that. The indwelling of the Spirit of God, the walk with God we have, we love, 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 love. But the second portion of that or description of that fruit of the Spirit is joy. Equal coupled with that is peace, uh, rather peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, etc. So I, I would be remiss if I did not say that joy in its great essence then is a spiritual gift that God gives to each of his children that by faith have believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you will, they've obeyed the word of God. That's where joy has. That's why it's not happenstance. It's not possessions. It's not the circumstances of this life. It's a divine gift. Now, I ask you something. Sure. If it's a divine gift, is God going to take that gift away? That's a good question. I mean, he's given us the gift of heaven, gift of eternal life. Sure. Joy is ours. Therefore, I might would add to it, it's an uninterruptible it need not be uninterrupted, or it need not rather be interrupted. That's why Peter could talk about sufferings and have an expression of joy. That's why James could talk about tribulations and have rather uh, an exceptional viewpoint of counting it all up to joy. It's what allowed Paul, even as we'll see in just a moment, he's in prison. And the theme of Philippians, of course, is joy, joy, rejoicing, um, even when folks were falsely accusing him. Why? Right. Now, we could we could guess that these three individuals were superhuman. That's one option. <laughs> I hope not, because I hope to be able to have joy in my life. Well, that's I'm what I'm getting at. It's the same gift that I have, or the same gift that you have. It's the same. I can have joy despite the troubles of life. But then with that, it brings a newfound definition, and that is this. How do you get it? Well, how do you get it? Well, obviously not from a 24-hour news cycle. Right. And obviously, although these are happy moments, it's not from birthday parties or when things are going our way because we're talking about a not just a temporary joy. We're talking about continual joy. Oh, my, yes. A, a persistence. Um, I, it's not to say that outwardly someone would look at us and say, wow, that's my... <laughs> I think you would be rather remiss if you had a big smile on your face when you're going through some terrible time. People would obviously think something sarcastic. 
I'm talking about an inward presence, the relationship with God, and that's the crux. That's the theme of Philippians, and particularly Paul talks so often about joy and rejoicing. Let me turn over here in my passages to chapter 3, and I, I think really the secret of how to rejoice in the Word, of how to rejoice through sufferings, of how to rejoice through, through sorrows or any difficulty in life is found in chapter 3. There in chapter 3, Paul speaks in this wise through inspiration. He says in verse 10 that I may know him. The power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his death being made conformable, the fellowship of his sufferings rather being made conformable unto his death. As I reflect on the person and work of Jesus Christ, one of the results that will constantly come is the presence of joy in my life, in my considerations, in my actions in this life. So how do I how do I get joy? It's found as I meditate on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the theme when you get into chapter 4 about rejoicing in the Lord always. But note, if you will, verse number 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So as I consider the Lord Jesus, as I walk with him, as I feast upon his word, as I cast all my cares upon him, there's an ever-abiding presence of peace and joy in my life. Now, what are some things perhaps that could rob us of that joy? I mean, there ha- there are a lot. I mean, if you think about David in the Psalms, after he there's a point in David's life where he had sinned, and that sin had really separated in his relationship with the Lord, had put a bit of a separation there. And then we found that he came back to the Lord through repentance. Not not that he needed to be saved again, or his salvation was in jeopardy, but as far as his walk with God. Well, I wonder if the question then isn't what robs us of our joy, but what causes us to lose our joy. Sure. It, it is, again, again, a divine gift. Therefore, it need not be interrupted. And I would say anything, be it like the example with David you just listed, be it with sufferings, trials, Peter and James, I would submit to anyone that joy is lost, robbed, stolen, whatever descriptive we want to use there, but when our eyes come off of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if he's given us these gifts, the gift of joy I speak of, uh, the gift of salvation, if he cares for me, and so much that he would say, cast all my care upon him, if he's promised to be with me until the end of, of the age, as the gospel speaks of, why would I not want to know more of him? And as I know more of him, would that not put in perspective all of the things in life? But yes, anything can be a temptation to veer from the presence and the pursuit of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. I mean, sometimes we, we wrap our joy up into who's sitting in Pennsylvania Avenue or what legislation gets approved or how much money's in the bank or whether we've got overtime. And a lot of times we won't even give God credit for that. Now, I am thankful for the things that God allows us to in the provisions and the special blessings he sends in our life. But what if those things didn't happen? Right, sure. Has he failed in his promises of joy? No. No. So then you and I have every reason in every portion of our life, to focus on him and his work and have, I think of what Peter said, joy unspeakable. And full of glory. And full of glory. So really our joy, from what we're seeing here through the 
the scriptures here, our joy doesn't revolve around circumstances or true joy. True joy doesn't resolve around, revolve around circumstances. Rather, it revolves around our relationship with the Lord. Yes. And particularly, I'm looking back into chapter 2. and Of Philippians. It, here, of Philippians, right? yeah. And, and he speaks about being harmless, blameless and harmless uh, in a crooked and perverse generation. We could look at that and say, man, that's just like it is today. Sure. But then you follow down the text, and he talks in verse number 18 about the holding forth of the word of life. In verse 16, he said, for the same cause, do ye joy and rejoice with me. What was it? It wasn't a crooked and perverse generation. You're gonna, you can fix all the problems of the world. That's not going to fix your joy. You can have all of the finances in the world. That's not going to fix your joy. What's going to fix your joy is a steadfast focus on the word of God and the person and finished work of Jesus Christ. That's great. And we have that always to be joyful of. That's right. That takes us to our verse here that we want to talk about. We want to bring up a verse every episode, and we want to close the episode with a verse on rejoicing. So today's verse comes from Philippians chapter 4, and verse 4, and the word of God says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So until next time, we challenge you to continue and to keep rejoicing in the word. Thank you for listening.